This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. Hello. Good evening, good afternoon, good night, whatever time you're listening, or morning, whenever you're listening to us. <laughs> Nobody's listening, Polly, don't worry. Um, Caps fans, if you're an OG, you know Thursday, which is today, we usually talk about, um, you know, whatever whatever we goddamn well please, to be completely honest. The Hockey Troll hip check is going to be a vibe check on Spencer Carberry's media coverage here and, and how he's talking to the media and just, you know, just kind of some observations that I have had. And Polly, tell us what the snack time with Polly Cupcake segment is going to be all about. Talk about some college hockey. Uh, a little breakdown of second week, some some upsets, some exciting things, some stuff to look forward to next week. Absolutely. Good stuff. We keep you, you know, we give you that holistic content at Caps Chirp. It's not all about the Caps, not all about the NHL. You know, we talk about women's hockey, NCAA, and when international play comes around, it's Team USA here all the way. All the way. What do you call it? Your most, what, what's the, your description of your fandom? Um, I am most patriotic when Team USA is playing hockey. Yeah, it's your most extreme show of of nationalism i'd say yeah yeah (laughs) all right let's pop some tabs and get right into it what do you think yeah one two three so i just Uh, saw that we're live on twitter i didn't know that we can go uh that's something that is new to me since rejoining the podcast buddy we've been live on twitter for the entire three years that you've been a part of the podcast every time. Oh yeah. No, I, I guess I'm confused. Cause like the, our profile shows that it's live, like the profile icon. I didn't know if it was like, you could oh. click on it separate from our post. Like our, if you on the app, you're saying it's like, yeah, you know, flashing you know how like on Facebook, if you if you have a story, you can click on. You know, it looks different yeah. than just your profile. Yeah. Oh, oh, so it's an app change. That's cool. Yeah. Well, hopefully people are watching, but I think both you and I know that probably not. Yeah, and I've noticed statistically Thursdays have the lower live viewing. Oh, fair enough. Well, in also. Caps fans, if you did want to tune into our live views, because we do stream live every Sunday, you get a sneak peek of the content coming out for the next week, both Monday and Thursday. So we record on the, on one day, which is you know why we have geniusly come up with a segment-based episode and then like more of a current events episode on Monday. And then, you know, Thursday again, it's just kind of us. So also Thursday will be like where we'll slot in um interviews and things like that. I haven't really been reached out to recently. We did, we, we got some traction. I did a couple of guest spots, um, throughout the uh, summer and then into, uh, into the season and the preseason. Um, there's definitely people that we're going to want to get on and we will do that, but you know, I'm just kind of enjoying Polly's company. We're giving him a nice warm welcome back. And I love it. <laughs> All right. 
Let's get into uh, the Hockey Troll Hip Check. What do you think? Do it. This is the Hockey Troll Hip Check. So, Caps fans, I don't know about you, but typically when something bad happens, I always like to watch what the coach says after the game. You know, I like to watch the post-game presser, if you will. Um, and I was my, – my interest was even more highly piqued when it came to this season because it's the first time I've ever seen Spencer Carberry address the press other – like, you know. In real time, you know, we've seen a lot of interviews with him in the pregame, like in the preseason, you know, kind of lightheartedly being this way. But now the rubber's meeting the road. He's got to go and have a difficult presser after getting absolutely waxed four to nothing at home, season opener, home opener by the Pittsburgh Penguins, a hated rival. And I wanted to just see how this dude composed himself. And let me tell you, it did not disappoint. Spencer Carberry is an absolute madman on the vibe check, bro. Like, okay, <laughs> first of all, I think he blinked a total of three times the entire five <laughs> five to seven minute presser that he did and was just super scathing. He looked like a fucking Bond villain. He he has this kind of the way that he addresses people is he like chin down, right? And then like death gaze. Chin down, death gaze, zero blinking, and no facial expression other than, like, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, it, it is pretty intimidating. He he doesn't seem like the kind of guy I'd want to piss off when I would be on all the ice with him. Dude, and, like, you know, obviously just super intense. Um, and I thought he did pretty good for his first game presser where, post game presser where, you know, he was not delivering good news or being fielding questions of like good news. Um, I think the media did a good job of kind of taking it easy, but he was ready to, you know, answer the hard ones and came out and, you know, the famous, the, the line that's being touted right now across all social media is this is the worst scripted start that anybody could have written. Um, and I agree. Uh, he was pretty accountable there and, he definitely, you know, of course he alluded to needing to watch the tape and, you know, he didn't want to give everything, but, uh, you know, and I'm sure that's tough, right? Being at, I can't remember what happens when I go play beer league. I like barely remember half the shit that happens in the shift that I just got off. Like once I'm on, it's like you walk, you, 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 you swing a leg over the bench to get back onto the bench and it's like it erased your memory. It's like a barrier of memorization there that just gets fucking obliterated when you get on the bench. But, you know, he's got to recount a lot of things. I thought he did it accurately. I thought, you know, he's always taking notes. These good head coaches you always see take notes. But it was super interesting to me, obviously, to see him because he is brand new. I'd never seen him before. You know, with Lavi, you knew what his postgame presses were. He's just kind of like a chill, monotone, um, you know, kind of old mass hole guy. <laughs> and then, you know, Barry Trotz, kind of more personable. We knew what he was going to look like. Um, Todd Reardon, I don't know, wet paper bag, you know? Yeah, but, he gives a shit. Yeah, but like Spencer Carberry, man, 
intensity, dude. He's like burning holes through these reporters with his gaze. And I'll be honest, I, I fucking, I, I fucking loved it. I mean, he had to remind himself to blink so he didn't steal anybody's soul. I think during hmm. that, during that whole <laughs> presser, but, uh, he might as well be a goalie with that intensity and, and that dark fire energy was coming at, out with after the loss. Um, I think he put it out pretty plainly about where he thought we sucked, which was unfortunately a pretty long uh, conversation and talking point for him. Uh, you know, he said entries were bad. Special teams were dog shit. Couldn't penetrate the middle. Um, so all things that they're going to need to work on. Defensive responsibilities, you know, really kind of all the, the whole hockey game was really, uh, you know, what he had to talk about. Um, and if you listen to Monday's episode, you know, our criticisms revolved around the same exact things. Uh, I think that there were some good opportunities, uh, but obviously bulk chances on the net were low, less than 20, which is abhorrent. Uh, special teams were bad, but the breakout looked good and we got some opportunities. Like we were not completely destroyed though we were on the score sheet i thought that there were times of brilliance and we just hope that that becomes more consistent i think carberry does too yeah i mean how much can you say how many times can you say we fucking suck tonight you know i mean right and (laughs) i think you know he did a good job of composing himself because he was obviously very disappointed to say the least and yeah. um you know he he seems like a pretty passionate guy so at least uh he he speaks passionately i, th- I thought his his pregame was pretty good um it's not like i guess passion not that he he's not super emotional i don't think but like when he changes his inflection you notice right um right but yeah, he, I don't know. That's, that's a tough spot to be in. You know, your first game as a coach and you, you get waxed like that. And just to suffer through that, I can, uh, I can understand why he composed himself like that. And to be honest, I hope it doesn't change. I, I hope he acts like that on a win because I, I love it. It's, yeah. uh, I stone think, cold. Dude was cold yeah. as shit. <laughs> I, I think that that seems like the kind of guy that would garner respect from grown athletes who have been playing the game their entire life and are you know better than he ever was, but still have to listen to him. Right. It seems like his, his attitude is the kind of thing you need because, uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to be yelling at the guys, but that intensity definitely, you know, it um, penetrates into your ego, I think. Absolutely. And I mean, I don't think you become a head coach in the NHL without being able to project your power in, in that way. Right. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and I hope that the boys on the squad, I hope the caps, the players, I, I hope they feel that too, man. Um, you know, he doesn't seem like the type of coach that's going to come in and like kick a trash can and fucking throw a chair. But, uh, at the same time, like, like you said, I was ready to run through a fucking wall on the pregame speech, you know, it was, it was a good one. Um, he says what he needs to, and then he gets out of there. Uh, and I think he did the same thing in the pre- the post game, but uh, just his demeanor <laughs> fucking sent chills down my fucking spine, dude. <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
I, I, you're right. He's not going to be the kind of guy coming and kicking a trash can and screaming. He's going to come in and just give you that look, and you're going to be like, oh, fuck. <laughs> right. Right. Um, all in all, and, and, you know, obviously having, like, the completely bald head, like the shaved bald head, and just, like, you know, I don't know, man. Bond villain, supernatural, like, soul-stealing eyes. I don't, I don't know. Uh, all in all, like you said, I think it made me like him more. Yeah, for sure. I'm into it. I'm into it. Whatever. So, you know, hopefully um, we're talking to you and we've pulled off a win. We've gotten Carberry's first win by this point. But, uh, you know, good on him. Uh, I'm interested to see what he looks like after a win. Yeah. <laughs> I think I'll, we've I'll seen. tell you what, if, if he keeps up this uh, this way of projecting his emotions – He's he's going to be we're going to start calling him daddy cuz he's just going to be owning everybody in the presser. Daddy Carberry, yeah, just not not happy. So um all right, hey, I, you know, and I just I always just think that's kind of interesting. Um obviously, again, primarily because we've I've never seen this guy. I think a lot of Caps Nation hasn't seen this guy. And now he's going to react with the press. You know, cuz preseason there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of hype around him coming in. There's a lot of excitement around the team, new personnel, you know, and, and he's he's kind of there and he can be kind of lighthearted and, and, you know, probably more enthralled in the work. But now his work is is needing to show results. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, selfishly, he's probably thinking, you know, this is my first shot at you know, the, the, the highest level of head coaching, like the highest form highest echelon of his career and he doesn't want to blow it. So I'm sure as there's that, but, um, the cool part was that I, I, and of course it's the first game, you know, we're reading a lot into this, but I didn't think that he was kind of in there defending the hire, him being hired or anything. I just think that he was really feeling truly pissed that the game did not go in his favor and that, you know, he needs to get back to work and that, you know, he's, got a lot of work to do in that sense. So, yeah, he, he seemed like a guy who's focused on his job and, you know, you know, it's a good point. You say he wasn't defending the fact that he's there. He's just like, you know, it seems like his mentality is I'm here. Let's get better. Right. Good stuff. So <laughs> thumbs, two thumbs up from the hockey troll hip check, uh, for Spencer Carberry's post game presser. Um, you know, I hope that, I mean, I hope that the season goes well enough that he doesn't have to, like, completely disintegrate somebody with his gaze, like, on live TV. But, you know, if if it does happen, I hope that somebody's there to clip it before they delete it off of the internet, you know? We're going to have to... He's, his gaze is like that melting stick in Thor Ragnarok. <laughs> yeah. Jeff Goldblum's melting stick. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. <laughs> Good stuff. Um, all right. Well, you know, I, I would, I guess you could say you could bet on some very interesting post game pressers from Carberry throughout the season. And I'm here for it. You know what else I'm here for is the DraftKings Sportsbook app. The NFL season is going strong. DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can ch- take advantage of a sweetener 
offer every game this day in October. So if you're still betting on football and you haven't given up on your team, like I think most of uh, you know the DC uh, <laughs> Commanders Nation has, and probably likely the um, LA Raiders, they're LA now, right? No, Vegas. Vegas. They actually Vegas. won today. Did they? They evened up their record. They're three and three after a Monday Night Football win against Green Bay last week, and they beat New England this week. So. Yeah, I mean, they're in the division with Kansas City and L.A. Chargers, so that's not great. But the Las Vegas Raiders are 500, which honestly is better than I expected. Well, there you go. Maybe you should put some money on them using DraftKings Sportsbook in the future. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for a gambling problem. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Kansas City, licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, Louisiana. 21 and older age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Man, Polly, I'm just famished after that. Well, turn on the oven, because here I come. Mmm, it's snack time with Polly Cupcakes. So, I know I mentioned last week, uh, college hockey's back. This was the second week of it. And um, just a quick breakdown of who the top, we'll go to the top 10 coming into this week. It was BU, Boston University Terriers were number one. Minnesota Gophers at two. Denver, three. Boston College, four. Defending champs Quinnipiac, who dropped a game in week one. Number five, Michigan six, North Dakota seven, Michigan State eight, Michigan Tech nine, and St. Cloud was number ten. Ooh. So there's Michigan a look coming at, in strong as a state, eh? Is it Michigan? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Michigan I mean Yeah. You look at the you look at the college hockey landscape and most of the teams are either from Massachusetts, Michigan, or Minnesota. Right. Especially the relative teams. Um, you know, the funny thing about college hockey, it's a lot like lacrosse. Most, uh, or not most, but a large amount of the teams are actually D2 in everything else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think, if I'm not mistaken, Quinnipiac, last year's champions, they're like that. Um, well, just looking at the top 10, I think Denver is like that. No, I think they might be D1 across the board. Uh, but North Dakota, they're Division One AA in football, FCS. Michigan Tech is D2. Uh, well, Cornell, they're in the Ivy League, so that's the lower division in football. 
Yeah, Same thing like with Harvard. Harvard. Harvard, yeah, they're number 16. Minnesota Duluth, they're a D2 school and everything else. So actually, you know, where, where you and I went to college, West Liberty, who's a, a regular um, you know, competitor in the D2 basketball tournament, every now and then, when they make it to the to March Madness, I see some of these teams, and it's weird, you know, someone like Michigan State or Minnesota State basketball is playing our little D2 school, and then I could flip them on ESPN, and they're in the Frozen Four. Right. Yeah, and it's, but, it's I mean, weird it's, that they let that slide with hockey because typically with NCAA, like, you got to be a blanket division. Like, no, like well, they're not I, letting you compete in basketball D2 and then have a D1 football team, right? Yeah, I mean, you definitely don't see – I I don't think you see it much in the other sports. I think maybe because hockey and lacrosse are still growing. Right. That that's an option. And hyper-regionalized. Yeah, for sure. I mean, obviously both are, are growing, but there's – I mean, I, I think there's like 50-something – Division one hockey teams, and then Division one football has 130. Right, and that's not that's not counting the second half of D one that um, used to be D one AA. Now it's called FCS. So you know, probably close to 200 D one football. You know, it's what four to one ratio in hockey. So yeah, yeah, it's probably why they have to do it. And I mean, you're not nobody's nobody's tuning in to see Boston College football unless you go to Boston not College. For, yeah, not for the last 10 years at least, probably 15. <laughs> right. So, yeah. And and that's a good point. Like, it's just the amount of teams, like, if that are actually top competitors and actually good at hockey, you know, you would have to it's, – it's just such a smaller pool that, like, who else are you going to play if you're going to be relegated to, like, the D2 that you're you're – you then imagine, imagine like Minnesota Duluth playing West Liberty. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, well, <laughs> that wouldn't be a very fair <laughs> test of their skill. Let's just say that. Yeah, yeah. Back in our old glory days, <laughs> yeah. that would have been it, like a thirty it... to one, thirty to zero, just blowout. Uh, that'd be the first period, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's that's how that's how bad the the scale is between what we played in D one. Yeah, I mean, you make a good point. Um, like trying to think of hockey teams that are also good at other stuff. I mean, there's there's not a whole bunch. You know, like Denver, I feel like the only thing they're good at is hockey and lacrosse. Right. And you know, you've got Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, um, Penn State. Like those ones have well rounded all across the board athletic programs. But yeah, a lot of these hockey schools, you know, hockey, sometimes lacrosse, and then that's it. Right. I'm not seeing any SEC names in this list. Let's just say that. Uh, well, the as far as I know, there's only two Southern teams who play D1 hockey, and that is the new Arizona State, which, you know, they're Western anyway, so right. not really Southern. And then there's Alabama Huntsville, who mm. plays D2 and everything else. And they had their program either suspended or on the verge of suspension, but they are back. Um, I know a couple years ago, they beat Ohio State 
in the regular season. That was one of their biggest uh, program wins. So they're not hyper competitive, but there is a, T- a D1 hockey program in Huntsville, Alabama. There you go. There you go. That's good. That's good. Any anytime that Ohio State can play loser to a to a uh, you know anybody <laughs> is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, getting into this week, uh, college hockey. Primarily, the setup is you'll play the same team twice in a weekend. Usually, you know, the one team is the home team. You know, you'll you'll play two games in the same arena against the same team, unless. Notre Dame and Michigan, they'll do home and home because they're like an hour apart. Right. But um, primarily the games are Friday, Saturday, but then you have some Thursday and Friday or some Thursday and Sunday. But most of the game, the games I'm talking about happened on Friday and Saturday. So there were four, four upsets on Friday, unranked teams beating ranked teams. So Air Force beat number eight, Michigan State. Six to five. You know, don't sleep on the Ivy League or the military academies when it comes to hockey. Yeah. Granted, Navy doesn't have a team, but Army and, and Air Force are very good programs. Sure. And, you know, how we were saying hockey and lacrosse are kind of more niche sports. I think that really works in their favor for the military academies because, um, for, I mean, for whatever reason, they seem to be more competitive in those sports than football or the other sports. The Air Force coming in, beating number eight Michigan State. That's a non-conference matchup. New Hampshire beat number one BU six to four. That's a big win. I believe that's a conference matchup. But then get this, BU goes on to play an exhibition game the next day to the U.S. developmental team, which is U18. And they lost eight to two. Oof. Down bad. Well, yeah, I mean, a lot of these kids are going to go to the NHL when they're eighteen years old, or you know, I mean, the, the kids playing for this team are like Jack Eichel type kids. So I mean, right. Austin Matthews. So yeah. I mean, they're not losing to a bunch of just snotty teenagers, but still, um, you know, losing eight to two definitely not a good look for them against just literal children. Yeah, yeah. I mean, with the way college hockey is, a lot of guys go through juniors, they age out, and then they play four or five years in college, whether they're redshirted or not. So BU theoretically could have like 24-year-olds losing to (laughs) 17-year-olds. Ouch. (laughs) Yeah. But, I mean, I guess on that point, Notre Dame had a guy who transferred in, um, Jack Adams, I believe is his name. And I think last season he was 25 or 26 years old. Wow. So that's that's the kind of guys that could be playing for the college teams when they play these guys. Yeah. Um, and so BU, they go in next week. They're going to play Notre Dame, who's unranked. They're, they're off to a slow, terrible start. But So that's what BU has coming up. You know, you look at Notre Dame's record, they're one and two. You might think that's, that's a nice rebound for BU, but Notre Dame's in the Big Ten. They're competitive. So – we're looking at a real possibility that number one BU drops three games in a row. They won't be number one next week after right. that performance. Yeah, but still, they're a good team. Um, Alaska Fairbanks beat Michigan Tech four to one, who was ranked number nine. 
Um, I think Alaska Fairbanks. Uh, that's where Jay Beagle played. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I think their program was suspended for a couple years, and it just recently came back. I believe they're called the, the Nanooks, which is a polar bear. Mm. Sick. And then a couple-year-old program, Arizona State, Mollet Arena, home team, beat number 15, Merrimack, one nothing in OT. And the reigning champs, Quinnipiac, they won their game against American International, not ranked, but just saying it because they're the reigning champs, three to two in overtime. Yeah. Then on Saturday, the alma mater of Quint, not Quint, oh man, I hate myself for confusing Quinn Hughes with Kale McCarr. <laughs> the alma mater of Kale McCarr, UMass, beat number six, Michigan, six to three. They're the reigning Big Ten champs and went to the Frozen Four last year. And then Minnesota State got a little payback from last season's NCAA tournament and beat number 10, Cloud State, 5-1. to St. Cloud. So, yeah. St. Cloud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, did I say it wrong? I thought you just, I think you might have just timed out on Cloud. Oh. I assumed Cloud. Yeah, St. Cloud. Gotcha. State. Yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, college hockey, there's not a really big difference in record between some of the top teams. And, you know, by the by March or February, you know, the number one team will probably have five, six losses. So losing these games isn't a season crusher. But, you know, it just goes to show that season has started and it's off to a very exciting start. Yeah, and I mean – the NCAA is just going to get more competitive and have more parity, I think, because of what a huge developmental program that it has become in North America. You know, back when we were kids, like you went to the NCAA and like you were going to go get a job. You didn't go. Yeah. You didn't. You didn't make the like. Maybe you'd go to the Olympics, right? Like you didn't yeah. make the jump from the NCAA to pros quite as often. It's still not as the traditional pipeline of playing a top notch junior program and then getting drafted like, you know, guys who are playing in the queue, the WHL, even the USHL here in the United States, you know, a lot of times in the USHL, the pipeline was USHL NCAA for a year or two and then getting drafted. So that was a purely like American pipeline, but you know, a lot of the guys are coming from like, the international development team and they're getting, they were getting, you know, worked out there and then drafted uh, or already ha- were drafted, but it was typically juniors into the, into the East coast or into the a, and then, you know, through the, through that process, you're getting drafted. So <clears throat> needless to say, the NCAA is becoming quite the elite uh, development program, which makes a lot of sense because hockey was like the only sport where guys didn't really care about college. They would just go from juniors and then into playing pro hockey uh, back in the day. Now, you know, guys are going to school much like your traditional ball sports, if you will, like basketball, football, baseball. Yeah. Yeah. And you're, I mean, it's, it's getting up there with the top junior programs in, I feel like in terms of how many people are coming to the NHL from it, I mean, the juniors is still probably the top, but 
there's more and more guys every year in the NHL who played college hockey. And a lot of them don't stay all four years, but still, it's definitely, it seems like a lot more guys are choosing to play college hockey in their, um, their development time instead of juniors. And I don't know if it's just because they know that college hockey has gotten better and more people are watching it. So it's, you know, exposure wise, it's just as good. Or maybe they started thinking, you know, I'm going to go to the NHL, might as well get some college in before I go. I don't know, but right. it's definitely, it's beefing up. And I think it's definitely preparing guys for the NHL. Yeah, and I, I mean, mean the, you, the age difference is different too because in juniors you got to age out at twenty twenty one. Yeah. So after high school to play the top hockey in the in the nation, you're probably playing juniors, or and then that was it. That used to be just it. If you're playing the top hockey in the continent, you're going to juniors after high school, right? And you're probably playing in high school juniors. Now, now it's like okay, I played some junior hockey. Now the next step for me that bridge of, you know, the ages 21 to 25, 24, I could play in the NCAA and then wait for a chance to go pro. Yeah. And I think a lot of these guys are probably looking at it. Like I could play college or I could go grind out in the minors. Right. Cause a lot of these guys are, are getting their NHL shot right out of college, or they're at least starting in the a where they may be starting lower. If they didn't get that college exposure, not to mention so, the lifestyle. Of like, who yeah. doesn't want to get out, like be like a 21 year old going into college, like just, you know, at these schools where hockey is the top sport, like, come yeah. on, you're going to, that's yeah. sick. <laughs> Especially the the colleges that we were mentioning that are D2 and everything else. The hockey players have got to be king there. Exactly. That's what I'm saying, bro. I would, yeah. I'd take that one. Yeah. Yeah. It's like playing Alabama football. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit more snow and cold. Yeah. But hey, you know, the two most fun things to do in cold weather are play hockey and fornicate. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. All right. Skank Williams there from. Yeah. The, there you go. The best hockey movie that there is, Mystery Alaska. Yep. It is. And, you know, Friend <laughs> of the Pod is in it. Oh, yeah. Grant Van Lahr, um played, played the goalie in Mystery Alaska. Yeah, we know him. Yep. He uh, one of one of the few people that I'm pretty sure I'm, I'm sure it's a pretty small list that have a hockey DB and an IMDb. Yeah, shout out Grant. <laughs> yeah. He uh, he filled. Were you there the game he filled in for us? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So he also graces us with his presence in beer league as well. Yep. No doubt. It's a Calgary native. Yeah, Good he's dude. also great friends with Jay Beagle. I think we covered that when he was on the show, but yeah, um, yeah. So you know, next week I already talked. BU goes into Notre Dame. Uh, it's a good test for both teams because Notre Dame is a good program who started off losing to teams they shouldn't have really, and then BU really needs a bounce back. They probably want to get these wins before they head back into conference play because the Hockey East is very difficult. So that'll be something to watch if you're looking out watching hockey. Uh, probably the biggest matchup is one of the bigger rivalries in college hockey, especially non-conference rivalries. And that's Minnesota, who sits at number two, 
against number seven North Dakota. Um, I know uh, the everything college hockey guys on the pod on the hockey podcast network. They're always talking about this rivalry. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of the most storied rivalries in college hockey. So, you know, we've got the, the Fighting Hawks playing the Gophers. That'll be a good one to look out for. And then number three, Denver, is going to play number 13, Providence. And another big rivalry, not as strong in hockey, but, you know, the hate runs deep. Number 14, Ohio State is going to play number six, Michigan. I will tell you, I was at a Notre Dame-Ohio State hockey game in my teens, and every time the announcer says one minute remaining in the period or makes you know those kinds of announcements, yeah. the entire arena in unison goes, Michigan still sucks. <laughs> nice. So the rivalry does not is not limited to football, that's for sure. Good stuff. All right. Um, I know you can catch college hockey. A lot of it is on ESPN Plus. And then I know a lot of Notre Dame's games, their home games are on Peacock. And I believe Peacock shows other teams as well. Just I, Notre Dame's their most frequent because of the football NBC deal. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, NBC Plus or ESPN Plus and Peacock, as far as I know, those are your best places to find college hockey uh also the big 10 network i'm sure the other conferences have networks i'm not sure but uh yeah there's plenty of ways to watch college hockey and it's you know they don't wait until december it's on so get on your espn plus and you can watch some of these games good shit good shit well thanks for that update of the ncaa Polly. i'm sure you'll be doing more once we get to playoff time oh yeah i'm sure it I'll probably talk college hockey every couple weeks, and then when March rolls around, we'll get real thick. We'll get into the thick. Right. There we go. Good shit. All right, man. Was uh, anything else you wanted to talk about? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, just to echo what you said earlier in the episode, hopefully we've got ourselves a Caps win by now. And um, keep an eye on Spencer Carberry's post-game interviews. Make sure no one... (laughs) just disappears <laughs> right exactly um yeah absolutely and you know go caps let's go i mean we're playing on funny money right now let's uh remember the game 21 is when we're taking them serious so right un- until monday caps sense thanks for tuning in hockey troll poly cupcakes sign off bye Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Chirp Podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at HockeyPodNet on social, and TheHockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.